Welcome back to the Man Catholic Podcast. My name is Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wirtz. And I'm Brock Martin. I'm Trevor Williams, guest hosting this week. This time. We are super pumped to have Trevor Williams, starting pitcher for the New York Mets, uh, with us today as a guest host. Trevor, thanks for joining us, man. Of course, I was uh, thrilled that you guys asked me to come on, and I'm excited to, uh, to converse with you guys and then talk a little bit about our fit. We are talking about freedom today, and not exclusively about, you know, purity or pornography or anything like that, but just freedom from any detachments in our life and, and what those detachments are doing or really what they're prohibiting us from pursuing in life. Don't forget to click the subscribe button. We are so glad to have so many men along this uh, journey with us. And so we went, we invite you to click subscribe, give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. And we are excited to continue today. One of the things that we've done as we kick these podcasts off is to tell just a saint story to kind of set the tone for where we're going today. And so Trevor would love to invite you to, to kick us off with maybe not a canonized saint, but but a very important and, and interesting guy that we can all look up to. Yeah, so when I was traded to the New York Mets, um, one of the, I stayed at a hotel close to St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York, and I was told that this man was, or is the only non-clergy buried in, at the cathedral. His name is Pierre Toussaint. He's venerable. Born in modern-day Haiti and brought to New York as a slave, Pierre died a free man, a renowned hairdresser, and one of New York City's well, most well-known Catholics. Plantation owner Pierre Berard made Toussaint a house slave and allowed his grandmother to teach her grandson how to read and write. In his early 20s, Pierre, his younger sister, his aunt, and two other house slaves accompanied their master's son to New York City because of political unrest at home. Apprenticed to a local hairdresser, Pierre learned the trade quickly and eventually worked very successfully in the homes of rich women in New York City. When his master died, Pierre was determined to support himself, his master's widow, and the other house slaves. He was freed shortly before the widow's death in 1807. Four years later, he married Marie Rose Juliet, whose freedom he had purchased. They later adopted Euphemie. Euphemie, please don't roast me on that pronunciation. <laughs> his, his, his orphan and niece both preceded Pierre in death. He attended daily Mass at St. Peter's Church on Barclay Street, the same parish that St. Elizabeth Ann Seton had attended. Pierre donated to various charities, generously assisting blacks and whites in need. He and his wife opened their home to orphans and educated them. The couple also nursed abandoned people who were suffering from yellow fever. Urged to retire and enjoy the wealth he had accumulated, Pierre responded, quote, I have enough for myself, but if I stop working, I have not enough for others, end quote. Pierre originally was buried outside St. Patrick's Old Cathedral, where he was where he was once refused entrance because of his race. His sanctity and the popular devotion to him caused his body to be removed to the to be moved to the present location of St. Patrick's Cathedral on Fifth Avenue. Pierre Toussaint was declared venerable in 1996. Awesome! Thanks for sharing that story, Trevor. This uh, this gentleman, Venerable Pierre Toussaint, is new to me. I was not familiar with his story before. Uh, today and gosh it, it shows us so many different lessons first of all again he was brought to new york city as a slave uh, from modern day haiti and 
his life could have taken so many twists and turns mm-hmm. based on the identity that the world was giving him, probably his own self-identity wrapped up in, in what slavery was. But instead, he had this profound faith and allowed that slavery not to define him and allowed the Lord to work in him and through him to become financially very successful. Mm -hmm. And not only his own life became a a model for us, but then he brought other people to come to know our Lord in a very radical way. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Trevor, you probably relate to him really well. He was a hairdresser. I think that's (laughs) your, your hair, your flow. I mean, um, Trevor does have a lot of hair for those who... It looks great too, by the way. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, I'm starting to embrace. Um, and whenever I look back at photos of myself with no hair or with like with shorter hair, I kind of scream a little bit internally. But <laughs> me embracing the long hair, it's also me embracing the life that I should have had instead of being a baseball player. I was convinced that I was going to be a rock star and travel the world doing that. <laughs> I'm just I'm holding on to a little bit of hope with my hair. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Go ahead. All right. So the story that Trevor just told us about Venerable Pierre Toussaint is a real life story of bondage and slavery and the pursuit of freedom. And when I hear the word freedom, there's a, a movie scene that I often think of, and it's the story of William Wallace in the movie Braveheart. And hopefully you've seen Braveheart by now. If not, go look it up. Go watch it. It'll be absolutely worth your time. Yep. Immediately watch it. And it's the story of William fighting for freedom, of, of tyranny, of the, the English coming in and trying to take over. And he's, he's leading up this army. They're completely outnumbered. They don't have the right equipment. They don't have armor. And they're giving their lives, they're giving everything for freedom from bondage from captivity and at the end of the scene at the end of the movie is spoiler alert william wallace is they've got him laid out on a bed they're just torturing him just trying to to get him to pledge allegiance to the english right to to give up to convince his armies to stop fighting and as he's laying on this wooden table they have already really done some cruel things to him they ask him if he wants to to pledge allegiance to the king. And as he's lying there, he yells his final word of freedom. And as he yells that, they literally just cut him open yep. at, at the stomach with like a hook. Yeah, it's, it's gives you chills. The it, scene it's And they don't show and it's not gruesome. They don't show that. But what yeah, as Thomas just said, what gives you chills is his desire for freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the fact that his desire takes him to the point that he's willing to not only give his life, but to give his life gruesomely in front of a whole group of people who are there to tell them, hey, this freedom is worth everything. Mm-hmm. And and it was completely down to his core. And at the end of the day, this freedom was about what what he ought to do, not what he wanted to do. No one wants to lay on a table and have their. Nope. Guts ripped out with a hook. No one actually desires that. Rock, nobody, nope. I'm pretty sure that yeah. that's true, yeah. Maybe Trevor. Out of the four of us, Trevor might be that guy <laughs> who's like, yeah, I'm down. Uh, the, the three of us are wimps. Uh, yeah, it's not what he wanted, but he knew it was what he ought to do, not only for a witness, but because freedom was worth it. For his Scots, yeah. It's, it's probably one of the greatest movie scenes of all time, at least in my opinion. And we wanted to talk about it because Trevor actually looks like the Scottish guys in Braveheart. And so we, we just want to kind of bring him in in that capacity. But it's amazing to think of the life that, that he lived and how heavy swords are. If you guys ever picked up his, those swords back then, they're unbelievable. These guys were brutally tough. 
men. And so just entering into that scene, entering into that time in history, unbelievable. And most of us in, in the American culture in the West, we're not struggling with freedom from that external force capacity like, like the Scots were then. We're, we're seeing it, unfortunately, right now in, in Eastern Europe and the Ukrainians are, are fighting for their freedom. And, you know, hopefully that's something we never will have to deal with. Um, but this concept of freedom reverberates in lots of different ways. And we kind of wanted to focus first on this, this concept of the internal freedom, because all of us are struggling in some way, shape or form in how to be free inside our souls, right? Because we know that sin is enslaving, it's bonding and it's, it's gruesome. And it's, it's something that we really need to take seriously. No, totally, Thomas. And I think the the reality is that be, scenes like Braveheart and and scenes historically speaking regarding slavery and different things make us really focus on that external freedom, being able to to live in in external freedom. But I do think you're you're hitting something that's really important, and that is that internal freedom is actually more important. And um, I think you can look at this in in scripture. Uh, obviously in the Exodus story, when, when God brings the Israelites out of Egypt, there's a lot of what you're, what you're referencing there. But I just think it's, as we enter into this topic, I think it's really important for us to recognize that in this modern day and age, we are going to be tempted to think that freedom means nobody can tell me what to do, that mm-hmm. I can do whatever the heck I want. Yep. And I think what, what I would love to really dive into and, and get Trevor's thoughts on this and your guys' as well is that that's actually the deepest form of slavery, when we are enslaved to our passions, our emotions, and our mm-hmm. appetites, that's actually a worse kind of slavery than mm-hmm. the physical slavery that Pierre Toussaint or William Wallace was trying to avoid. And, uh, and that's the journey that I think just liturgically as we're in this Lenten season, that that's, there's a lot that we can really unpack there about how do we capture and fight for our own internal freedom to be free to pursue who mm-hmm. God wants us to be as opposed to just you know, free from any external influence. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I remember going to college my freshman year thinking, I am finally free. I'm not going to have anyone telling me what to do on the weekends or the nights. I'm not going to have anyone telling me I have to go to class or when to study or how to study. I am finally free to do what I want. And as Brock just said, that is actually an incorrect and backwards definition of what freedom actually is and what we're talking about here today. So the idea that Brock was just getting into was the idea of being free from something versus being free for something. Mm -hmm. And what we want to really drive home today is freedom from attachments so that we can be free for the pursuit of holiness and excellence. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that relationship with Christ, as Brock was saying, Trevor, what do you think about this idea of freedom from versus freedom for? So I think you can, even just looking back to talked about with Pierre Toussaint, it's something that immediately once he became this famous hairdresser, everyone around him said, just retire, enjoy all your money, and just go be a, a truly free man. And his response, it was just one sentence in this bio, and his response is, why? Like, that's not what freedom means. Like, I've experienced true enslavement. I'm the one that, like, I, I've experienced it, and I know what it means to not be free. And you would think externally, like, well, now, now that he's free, he's got all this money, and he's doing these, all these great things for himself. What if he just want to not share that, not share that freedom with anybody else? But he says, absolutely not. This is this is not what I'm called to do. I'm having all this money to do with whatever I want doesn't mean I have freedom. What What's free to me is helping these people get on their feet and having them step away from their enslavement. Hmm. 
Um, so <laughs> rules are good, right? Some rules are good within the context of um, driving. A speed limit is good. Uh, red light and a green light is good. Following those laws are good because it, it stops us from uh, uh, tragedy, from accidents. Um, you need law. Rules are good in baseball, right? Three strikes is awesome. I wish it was two strikes. <laughs> um, there's there's fair and foul. There's there's rules of the game which make the game beautiful. Just as because um, if we didn't have any rules or anything going like that, it would just be madness, and it wouldn't be the game a beautiful game that we that I love and enjoy. So having at least some sort of moral guidelines or moral rules helps us become more free and one way that we can engage and really um, embrace those rules and those traditions and those um, set of guidelines is in this time of one i love that trevor i think i mean you're hitting at one of the most fundamental realities of our human experience and that is that jesus christ took on human nature and came to be one of us to give us this type of freedom that you're talking about and I, and I love what you're talking about with rules there, because again, with this modern notion of freedom, we think that rules take away from our freedom. Mm. But what you're highlighting is that good rules actually make us more free because it mm. allows us to, to fully participate in what we are entering into. Um, I, I think a great example of this is just that you, Trevor, are more free to pitch baseballs than I am. You're just, you, you have the ability to do that in a way that I'm not as free to. Now, in the modern notion of freedom, you and I are both just as free to throw baseballs. We have no oppressive government, so we're not, you know, enslaved to not be able to throw baseballs. Actually, but, Trevor's not free right now. They're they're, no, they're still point. locked out. Good There's point. actually not <laughs> playing. He's... And one way one way to test that freedom is run on the field next time you're at a baseball field and see if you can throw a baseball. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I've tried once. I unfortunately have to check the box of a felony. Don't now do it naked either. <laughs> No, but I just think that was a great point, Brock, Brock, can you unpack that a little bit more? Because that's kind of a new concept for for us, is what makes Trevor, as a professional baseball player, starting pitcher for the Mets, more free to be a pitcher than you? So I think it comes back to what you were mentioning earlier about the freedom from versus freedom for. So if we really think about, fundamentally, freedom is our ability to do what God has created us to do. Mm. And things that make that harder for us decrease our freedom. And things that make that easier and more joyful and, and done with greater perfection, those things enhance our freedom. So I think, just to use the baseball example, having those rules actually helps Trevor to to freely pitch baseballs more than if there were no rules. Because if there were no rules, you're like, what the heck? But again, with this modern notion of freedom, we're, we're prone to think that more rules equals less freedom. And so I just think there's there's a real fun, you know, just a, a, a reality that the Lord's trying to show us that it's in discipline that we mm-hmm. find the, the truest sense of freedom. We have to control ourselves because if we don't, we become a slave to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, the, like I said earlier, the, the worst kind of slavery. But it's beyond just rules, right? Because you could walk out onto the mound wearing a Mets uniform, playing within the same rules that Trevor has. And you would not have the same freedom to be a starting pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're getting into the um, the capacity, and so I think, as Brock mentioned, Christ came to set us free, and so as we live within that relationship, we live within His grace. Um, His grace actually transforms us and gives us the capacity to do something. Right? Trevor has the capacity mm-hmm. to do something. Brock doesn't as much have mm-hmm. that capacity, and so I think as we enter into 
to the covenant that that the Lord has given us in his death and resurrection, we we enter into that ability to be made holy, to be imitators of him because his grace, his life within us fuels that. Hmm. So let's well, take this back. What's the biggest... Go ahead, Trevor. Sorry. What's like? What's the biggest freedom that God has given us? Yes, I was ju- I was going there too. Yeah. Besides, like grace and dying on the cross, the biggest freedom He gave us was our free will. Mm-hmm. And within the parameters of that, it's you have you can freely choose to say no to God. Mm-hmm. Is a there is a response. There's a there's a real response to that saying mm-hmm. no to God, and that's hell. And there's also freedom saying, yes, God, I freely choose you and I choose to do your will. And he lays out these parameters and guidelines for us to live a free life living for him. So that's the greatest gift he has given us is Tim Shell, right? Like that mm-hmm. freedom, that free will. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that it's a great responsibility for us to take. And it's a great responsibility for us to um, accept. But... Um, when you have no rules and you have that freedom and you say, no matter what, God is going to, um, even if I say no to God, I can still run back to him. Um, it's, it's that freedom where you, where you, we have to say yes to God and we have to accept what those parameters that he's given us. Yeah, you're spot on. It's a one-two punch, right? Because Christ, well, first we were created as human in his image and likeness. And in that image and likeness, he gave us free will. And our first parents chose something other than that free gift of grace and love and relationship, which brought sin into the world. Now, we still had that chance all the way until Christ's suffering and passion and then resurrection. But from this point, where we sit today, it's that one-two punch of having free will, but then also having the choice to choose Christ and that Mm. grace and that mercy and that eternal reward that is there waiting for us as a free gift in choosing him. So it's that release from the bondage of sin that gives us something that we can choose, that we have the freedom to choose out of our own free will. So it's that one-two punch of not just, I can I can do whatever I want without consequences, good, bad, or indifferent, but I actually have something incredible hmm. that I am free to choose. I think I, I just want to make... Go ahead, T-Dub. Well, so sorry. Something something that has uh, one of my one of my college coaches that I always said, like if we're talking about these parameters of like the one two punch, my something my college coach once told me was, Trevor, everything is optional. Everything you do is optional, but there are mm. options. Mm. <laughs> there there's there's certain things that you have the freedom to say no, but there are going to be repercussions and something's going to happen. This is a this is an optional workout you have, Trevor. And then I'm the only one that doesn't show up. And they're like, where were you? It's like, well, it wasn't optional. It's like, well, you said it. You know, you said it was optional. Right. It wasn't mandatory. And the coach says, no. Hey, everything's optional, Trevor, but there are repercussions. Mm-hmm. Your actions. Yeah, that's that's insightful. I think in it, it's it's the one last point that I wanted to make on that is as we choose that freedom for ourselves, it actually gives us the capacity to help others that are enslaved, right? And we look around the world, we look around the culture, we look around our neighborhood, and how many people are caught in this bondage? of sin primarily, right? And so it's like, man, I need to remove that stick from my own eyes so I can help others. I need to put the oxygen mask on myself so I can help others. I need to have this internal freedom or strive for it, not that I'm going to be a saint tomorrow, but open myself up to the grace of God so that he can he can bring that freedom in my life and then look to other people 
and help others to find that freedom too. And I think that's, it's not just so that I can thrive, but it's so I can thrive and then help others find that freedom as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and that brings us back to Venerable Pierre Toussaint, right? Yep. And, and Trevor already mentioned that, that he had the opportunity to, to just stop, to retire, to live a good life. And he said, no, I'm actually going to help others yep. get out of that exactly. spiritual, physical bondage as well. Um, want to wrap up here with practicals and Trevor, I, I think your segue was perfect talking about everything is optional and practice is optional and extra workouts and conditioning. It's all optional. And, and I want to throw out a few myself, but then if anyone has any practical ideas on how we can either pursue freedom for something or how we can pursue freedom from something. And so here we are in the season of Lent and it's a obvious season of life to find things that we need freedom from find things that we're attached to. As Thomas said, we need to detach ourselves from those things. And sometimes they're bad, but sometimes it's even things that we they're, they're good or they're neutral, but we just love too much. We're attached too much to them. So there are programs out there. Exodus 90 is one of them. We've mentioned in a previous podcast that really helps men pursue this idea of freedom from pursuing things like prayer and working out and good sleep, good, good activities, but also freedom from things, freedom from media and our phone usage and all kinds of stuff. And then adding terrible things like cold showers, <laughs> which I do think is the worst and hardest part of that. Um, but that, that's one thing that I've done a couple of times. Thomas and I have done it with a couple other friends. Brock, I know you've done it. I'm doing it right now with a colleague of mine. And so that's a very practical thing. So whenever you're listening to this, whether it's Lent or not, look up Exodus 90, look up some of these practices and integrate them into your life, either regularly or even just for a season. I think, I think the, the practical piece is so important, especially as in this, this Lenten season. I think, you know, whenever you're listening to this, even if it's after Lent, to do to just to take stock of your life. Like, if I am free to love and serve and glorify God with every aspect of my life, that's the goal. And I think to be able to sit back and look at my life, to look at your life and say, what are the things that are inhibiting me from being able to pursue that? You know, maybe there there are aspects of addiction or, you know, different different things that, that enslave us. And I think to be able to say, all right, Lord, I want to grow in freedom, similar to the way that Trevor would grow in his freedom to be able to, to be the best pitcher he can be. You know, you sit back and say, all right, what do I need to work on this week? And I think for us as men to take stock of these aspects of my life are keeping me from loving the Lord as much as I should. You know, my Lenten sacrifice or the things that I'm working on week to week shouldn't just be, okay, I'm going to give up chocolate because that sucks or, oh, I'm going to take a cold shower because that's uncomfortable. No, I'm actually I'm doing these things so that I can gain a greater detachment to the world so that it gives me the freedom to, to fully give myself to what the Lord's asking me to do. And here's the cool thing. It's kind of depressing, but also the cool thing is there's going to be things like that for each of us for the rest mm-hmm. of our life. If you're 98 years old and you're listening to this, there's going to be things that you're thinking about that are like, oh man, I should probably work on that. And so I think for us as men to enter into that battle of, of fighting for our personal freedom and then ultimately for the, the freedom of those around us, that's the detachment that we need to pursue. Yeah. I mean, if you're 98 years old and listening to this, I'm impressed that you yeah. can figure out how to listen to podcasts because I <laughs> still struggle with that. But I want to do do one more thing and build well, off Thomas, Trevor's. I, I mean, you're 97, so <laughs> you're right there. Yes, that's, that's not true. So Trevor, the idea that everything's optional. And I think if I want to, if I'm young, if I was younger, <laughs> and had potential as a, as a baseball player, I would look to someone like Trevor, a professional, be like, okay, how do I, 
how do I do that? And I would imitate him. And so I would just encourage you guys, if you haven't recently, find a book about a saint and read that and imitate them, right? And these, the, the way they pursue Christ, the way they open their life to Christ, right? That idea of just letting God's grace infuse us more to give us that freedom. Look at the habits they, they did, you know, and try to inspire those and imitate those would be one challenge I'd throw out. Trevor, as we wrap up here, uh, would love to introduce you a little bit more to those who are listening. Can you tell us a little bit about your family, your career, and what you're up to? Sure. So, um, my name is Trevor Williams. I was, I was born and raised in San Diego, California. Um, just recently moved back um, to, so that the grandbabies can be with their grandparents. Um, I'm a father of four. Six is our oldest, all the way down, three boys, one girl. Um, married to my beautiful wife, Jackie, for, let me do the math real quick, seven years. Um, and then uh, just loving life right now in the off season. What, what we call the off season is our family season. So we, um, we spend as much time as we can together in the off season um, before heading to Florida for spring training. And the team that I am on currently is the New York Mets. So I've been in the major league since 2016 and um, spent five years in Pittsburgh, half a year in Chicago and another half year in uh, New York with one more year going to New York. So um, Went to Arizona State, was involved with Focus at um, Arizona State. Um, it helped me, it formed me, um, and then carried that over into professional baseball. Um, originally drafted in 2013 to the Miami Marlins, and then was traded to the Pirates, and then the rest is history. So, um, loving life right now, life is great. We're, we're locked out um, by the owners, and unfortunately we're not going to be able to um, yeah, spring training or be have opening day on time this year, but it's something that, um, like 2020 was for us having a shortened season, it's um, helping me realize that you know time at home, more time at home is a good thing, and just trying to embrace that and accept that. I, I just want to encourage everyone to Google Trevor Williams when he was at Arizona State. Look at that picture compared to now. <laughs> and then, you know, Trevor, you're on, I know you're on Twitter and Instagram. So, so guys, yeah, follow, follow Trevor. He's pretty funny. He's got some good um, persona on social media. Hey, That's a lot thanks. of fun. You're welcome. Well, and we just love thanks. having such a strong Catholic represent us out there in the uh, athletic world. And it's, I mean, you're on the uh, biggest stage there of baseball as a starting pitcher for the Mets. So, totally. yeah, um, can I underscore that? Like Trevor, yeah. Trevor's faith. I've known him for a few near, few years now. It's the real deal. Yeah, it is. And it's hard to find. There's some others, but it's hard to find professional athletes that yep. are legitimately living their faith. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a Mets fan as well as a Rockies fan this year. So we'll be rooting for you, praying for you, Trevor. Hopefully, this lockout ends <laughs> soon so that uh, baseball can get going i'm i'm super excited for the season coming up trevor williams thanks for joining us thanks, guys. as we wrap up here talking about freedom uh, again please subscribe give us a five-star rating and any college men out there thinking about applying for focus please get those applications in we are doing discernment weekends regularly and would love to have you discern joining us in focus all right that's it we'll see you next time on the man catholic podcast god bless <laughs>